Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Wow, what a privilege. What an honour to, to come and share God's Word with you. And um, uh, firstly, is there anyone who's here for the first time today? Anyone? Okay. I think I may have seen someone there. Welcome, welcome. Oh, hello, hi, welcome. Um, just to say, Pastor Dan and Liz, our senior pastors, are away today. And so uh, I normally put things in golfing terms. So um, Pastor Dan will be the professional. I'm the weekend hacker, right? <laughs> so so uh, you, you, you get me. I love the fact that, that, that Pastor Tam shared about unity. Um, because there's one thing I particularly love about our church, and that is the, the diversity, both in age and in culture, right? So clearly from my accent, you can, you can hear I'm not local, right? Um, but I think John Maxwell said that unity is found in diversity and not in conformity, right? And Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer for all nations, Okay, so I love the fact that we've got so many diverse cultures in this church, right? Because everybody views things from a different perspective based on their culture or, or background, right? Um, but I genuinely believe uh, for, for hope, and, 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 and it's, I'm pretty sure it's not by chance that a lot of these words came up, but I believe that hope is a place of freedom. It is a place of hope but it's also a place of discovery, right? So I just wanted to start off with that. Um, so Tam introduced us. My, my, my wife Trish is here as well. I think we've got a picture of our family coming up. They did not, unfortunately, do any Photoshopping on the grey hairs that I have there, <laughs> which is disappointing. Team, we need to work on that. Um, so you've got, obviously, myself, uh, my amazing wife Trish, over there, uh, young Jamie in the middle, who is nine, and Liam will be 12 tomorrow. Happy birthday, boy, we love you. And we'll be taking up an offering shortly. For, for <laughs> <laughs> only kidding, only kidding. Um, yeah, so a bit of our, our background. I think if you had to ask uh, one of my boys, what their background is, um, they would probably answer something in the lines of, hi, my name's Jamie or Liam. I was born in Chertsey, Surrey, England, to South African parents with Scottish names who met in Switzerland. <laughs> and, and they brought us to Australia. That's why we now have Australian accents, <laughs> right? But um, so, as I said, obviously... I'm South African. Um, we moved over to the, the UK. Um, I was 26 when I went over there, met the Lord a year later. A year later, I met Trish. Um, probably a good thing I met the Lord before I met Trish, may I add. Um, and uh, after I met Trish on a, on a ski trip, um, we became friends. We started working together at a, at a point, and 
um, we became friendly and, <laughs> and then friendlier and then romantic and then we got married in 2007, I've got that right. Um, and then in 2009, we came on a holiday to Australia, absolutely loved it. We thought like, this is the promised land. You know, <laughs> I've seen the promised land. And, um, but gen genuinely loved it. And um, I then had a, a three-year plan. I want to be living in Australia in three years. Well, as it turns out, we went back to the UK and the woman was with child. <laughs> so um, Liam was born in 2010 and three years later, Jamie came along. And then we just asked the question, is this as good as life is going to get? And... And we, and we just wanted to pursue the best that God had for us, right? And, and so prayerfully and, 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 and in faith, we trusted God and he opened the door for us to come here. And so we flew down to Sydney and from the moment we got off the plane, the prayer has always been God direct our steps. All right. So, so and, 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 and ever since we got off the plane, we've seen God's hand of favor on us, his provision and you know what? One of the greatest things that he's done for us is to lead us to these doors because this is where we found our home, our spiritual home, right? Um, so let me just quickly pray before I get into the word, right? So that was just a bit of background on, on us and to settle my nerves, I guess. <laughs> um, let me quickly pray. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you that your word is mighty and powerful, Lord. And, and your word will not return to you void. Father, I pray David's prayer that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing unto thee in Jesus' name. Um, so pursuing God's best for us. Um, there's a little subtitle, but this only came last night when I went to bed. But it's the kingdom is calling. Right? Um, and so what, what I'm hoping to do is, is to share a bit about kingdom life and pursuing God's best from that perspective, right? So, um, and, 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 and that's for us both individually as well as corporately, right? God wants to do something with us as individuals, but he also wants to take our combined unity, if I can use that word, and do something with us as a congregation, Right? So, um, so what I'm hoping to cover off is, number one, where, where are we? You know, we, we, we're in the kingdom. Then who are we, right? Um, what is our identity? And number three, why are we? Do we have a purpose? Is there something God wants to do with us, right? So um, I hope you love the Word of God because there's a fair bit of Scripture we're going to go through today because I think it's important to know what Jesus says, right? Um, so we're going to kick it off with Matthew 13, verse 44. And um, have we got that right? So this is Jesus talking. He says, The kingdom of God is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. 
Now, what I believe Jesus is saying here is, is he's saying there's something about the kingdom of God that has such immense value that the one who finds it is willing to forego all other pleasures in life to pursue that goal, right? So, so what is a kingdom? A kingdom is a, is a place ruled by a king, right? So in its simplest form, the kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, has ultimate authority. He takes center stage of everything that happens in that kingdom and everything that is done from the kingdom is done for his glory and his honor, right? So, um, on, on the kingdom of God, have you ever read scripture and found that, hold on, something sounds contradictory here. I don't know, maybe it's only me. But, 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 but certainly around the, the, the kingdom of God, I found that to be true, right? I found, well, it's what I call the kingdom paradox. So what's a paradox? It's two seemingly opposing ideas that upon closer investigation are, turns out to be both true, right? They don't actually contradict each other. So the kingdom of God is both here and now and there and then, right? And I'll use some scriptures to, to, to explain that. So Luke 17, verse 20 and 21. Have we got that one? Okay, I'm, I'm going to go through this. So Jesus is talking. He, he says, now, now when he asked... When he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there, for the kingdom of God is within you. So the kingdom of God is here and now, right? Matthew 6.33, we know this one well. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So the kingdom is also something to be sought out. It's there and then, and we've got to pursue that, right? Um, Matthew 12, 28, Jesus says, But if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom has come upon you. If you see demons fleeing, the kingdom is in that situation, right? It's here and now, right? The disciples asked Jesus in Matthew 6, teach us how to pray. And we all know it well. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So when we pray about a situation, we're hoping that the kingdom comes over that situation at a point. Right? It's there and then. Right? Um, so what this also does is it reminds me of what I call the duality of the cross. Right? It's a bit like a, like a coin. It's got two sides. Right? So... We put our faith, hope, and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, and we get salvation here and now. But it's also an ongoing thing because Jesus has called us. He said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, right? So it's also salvation through those things we struggle with in life on a daily basis because Jesus wants us to have an abundant life, right? So it's, it's here and now. But it's also on the other side of the coin, the hope of heaven when we die. You know, that eternal salvation that goes on for eternity, right? 
So, you still with me? Okay, good, because I'm going pretty quick. All right, so, so, so just to summarise that, the kingdom is both present in our lives right now, but it's also to be pursued daily. Okay? This keeps us empowered in the moment and gives us a focused hope for the future. Okay? All right, so that's where we are. Let's move on to who we are, right? Um, after I got saved on the 4th of July, 2003, it was my Independence Day, for any of the Americans here, anyway. Um, I, 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 I did a study, just, just looking at Scripture and trying to find out who is this God who has drawn me to Himself. Um, but also, more importantly, what does He have to say about me? You see, because if I understand who my Creator says I am, then other people's opinions don't carry as much weight, right? And in this day and age of social media and the likes, everybody's got an opinion, right? And sometimes we take that on when we don't have to, all right? Because it's only God's opinion that should matter and maybe a close group of individuals around us, right? Even Jesus said he, that he knew people had opinions because he goes to his disciples and he says, who do the people say I am? And they had different opinions, right? But then he goes to those close to him and he says, but who do you say I am? Okay, right. That actually wasn't even in my notes, sorry. All right, so we enter the kingdom by repentance and turning our, our lives to God, right? Now, when we come into the kingdom, God says to us, okay, I'm going to give you a secure identity. I'm going to give you the authority in the kingdom, but I'm also going to give you the power to walk, to walk in this kingdom, right? And that's why I'm such a big advocate for baptism, because, um, and, and actually, I'll, I'll explain that, because it's, it's probably a good message for a Baptist church, right? Um, <laughs> So Matthew 28, this is the Great Commission. And have we got it there? Yep. So Jesus says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. All right. So after I got baptised, um, actually, no, before. Uh, there was the word, repent and be baptised for the remission of your sins, right? I kind of took that lit literally, and it is true. But I got saved, I knew I had to be baptised, and I got baptised in a freezing cold stream in Epping Forest outside London. <laughs> um, but it was a great experience, right? But afterwards... Um, Actually, um, my sister phoned me up and she want, wanted to get baptised and she was in South Africa, I was in London and, and she wanted me to do it for her. And I said, don't wait for me, just, just get, a, get on and do it. Um, but I, didn't, I hadn't studied baptism. I didn't understand the, 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 the full, the broader picture of it. And one day I was, I was just spending time with God and I, and I said, Lord, what's the deal with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because 
if I've accepted Jesus, just why don't I just get baptised into Jesus and that covers all bases, right? But, so this was his revelation to me. He said, you baptise into the name of the Father because it gives you a secure identity as a child of God, okay? You are now in His family. You have a place of belonging, right? There's a lot of people in the world that don't ever feel a sense of belonging. And that's another word that came up this morning, right? Right? We baptise into the name of the Son, right? The King of kings, Lord of lords, He has ultimate authority. We baptise into that name, which now gives us authority under that name, to use His name, right? And so when we pray in the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus Himself is praying. And we know God's attentive to Jesus' prayers, right? Okay. And then baptised into the name of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit, And the Spirit is the power of God in us to walk out this life and to fulfil His calling for us, right? So, with that in mind, um, part of our identity and and in Scripture, there's there's some words that, that, that sometimes crop up that, that, that we don't fully know. Um, <clears throat> and they're important to know because they form part of who we are, right? And those words are, we are redeemed, right? We were bought back. A price was paid for us. The ultimate price was paid for God to bring us from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom of light, right? Jesus paid the ultimate price for that. We are justified, Right? We are not guilty towards God for anything we've done. Right? It's almost as if we've never sinned at all when God looks at us. Right? Justified. We are clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Right? That puts us in a complete right standing with God. Right? Okay. I love the next two. We sanctified. We are set apart for a holy purpose. Okay, why would God redeem us, bring him to himself, cleanse us, put his spirit in us, give us a gift, unless he wants us to do something with it, right? But he does that, and then the last word is he anoints us for that, okay? And that is, and if you missed Pastor Tam's message last week, it was about the grace of God, the empowering work of God in our lives to fulfill that which He's called us to do, right? So, knowing all of that, Hebrews 2 verse 3 says, do not neglect so great as salvation. Okay. I'll have um, now people of my age category may know this, but you two do a song called 40. I don't know if you know it. I'm looking at the musos now. <laughs> you, you don't know it anyway, but it's based on Psalm 40. And, he, and, and, and Bono sings and he says, you set my feet upon a rock, you made my footsteps firm. Anyway, I'm not, th- th- this is why I don't, I'm not in, in, on the band, right? <laughs> but but yes, someone who's taken something that comes out of Scripture and he's made it real in his life, 
right? God wants to take us and, and make our footsteps firm. You know, G, uh, uh, Paul often writes, stand firm, be strong and courageous, right? The enemy wants to steal, kill and destroy. He wants to discourage you so you don't fulfill the call of God in your life, right? Okay, so we know where we are. We know who we are. Why are we here? Okay, as humans, we will often create things to have a specific purpose. Let's use a watch, for example. We, we create a watch to tell time so we're not late for meetings and late for church, right? Um, and, and so it's got a purpose. But if I receive a watch as a gift, and let's say I've never seen a watch before and I don't know what it's for, um, if I don't know what it's for, I'm going to use it for the purpose that I see fit, right? But I can do two things. I can look at the manual. You know, what does the manual say? If I still don't get it, I can call the manufacturer, right? Why would we think God's any different? God creates with a purpose. He gave us a manual and he gave us his access, our manufacturer, right? So if we don't know what our purpose is, maybe we need to check the manual or go to the manufacturer, right? Anyway, the, and, 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 and this is not always an easy process, right? We, we don't always naturally know what our, what, our, what our purpose or our calling is, right? So here's a scripture that's helped me a lot um, and something that was very personal to me. Jeremiah 15, verse 19. And... I'll read the first half. It goes, therefore, this is what the Lord says. If you repent, I will restore you. Why? That you may serve me. Okay? So if you ever wondered what your purpose is, there it is right there. And how do we serve God? By serving others. Right? The gift God places in your life is not necessarily for you. It is for the benefit of someone else. Right? Um, and that scripture actually goes on to say, if you utter worthy, not worthless words, you will be my spokesman. Which is really weird because I took that to heart back then and now I'm a spokesman. Right? <laughs> um, let's look at another scripture. Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. And um, I think, Pastor Sam, you covered this last week as well. Um, so it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. Okay? If anyone thinks they can outdo Jesus and what he did, I'll, I'll be very impressed. All right? Lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Jesus. Why? For good works, which God prepared in advance that we should walk in them. Does it say we will walk in them? No. There's free will right there. Okay? We, in our partnership with God, have an opportunity to use what He's placed in us or to sit on it. Right? Um, I want to I say this, that 
when you walk in your calling and in your gifting and you use your abilities and talents and, and the likes and the grace of God is upon that, it will energize you. Okay? I got a call some time ago to consider something which I said yes to and all of a sudden ideas are flowing. You know, I'm, I'm reading scripture about it. I'm doing a bit of a study. It, it energized me, right? So let's look at another scripture. John 4 verse 34, right? Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, right? What does food do in our bodies? It sustains us and it energizes us, right? So um, we don't have the scripture, but in, in chapter 20, Jesus says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you, right? When you walk out your calling, don't worry about getting the energy. It will energize you, right? Jesus has a desire that you walk in your gift, in the gift that you have, right? And let's look at a long piece of scripture. I'll, I'll do the first bit, um, Matthew 25. Um, I'll do the first bit and then I'll paraphrase the rest, right? So, so this is Jesus essentially talking about gifts and talents and the likes, right? It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man travelling to a far country. He called his servants and, and delivered his goods to them. To the one he gave five talents, to another two, uh, and to another one, each according to his ability. And immediately he went on a journey. I just want to stop there and say, God will not give you more than you can handle. And he won't give you more than the capacity you have to, to do something, right? But he will give you the grace for what he has entrusted to you. Okay. Um, verse 16. Then he who had received five talents went and traded them and made another five. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And then, um, this is where I'm going to paraphrase some of it just, just to, in the interest of time. So he comes and he settles accounts with them. And the one who had five says, Lord, look, I've gained, here is your five and I've gained five more. The same, the one who had two. And listen to the master's words. He, he says, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Right? I find it interesting that the master equates faithfulness with increase. Faithfulness with multiplication, right? I do just find that interesting. Um, verse 24. Now this is the one who had one talent. So then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. 
look, there you have what is yours. I I find that interesting too because the others didn't have that observation of their master. They didn't come up with an excuse like you were a a hard man. Um, But yet this is the one, the one who had received one talent, he, he seemingly had an excuse for why he didn't do anything with what he was given, right? Because you were a hard man, which tells me something about the relationship there in that he didn't understand the character of his master. Right? And, I, and I just want to briefly talk into that. Sometimes um, we can have a wrong perspective of God, which is not aligned to the way God describes himself. Jewish people from a very young age, they, um, they do a recital, it's called the Shema. And it goes something in the lines of, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, the Lord your God is one. Compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. Okay. Can I just say that if your perspective of God doesn't include those things as, as primary characteristics of God, I dare say we need to get closer to him. Right? Okay. Just a bit of a challenge out there. Um, so, something about that relationship wasn't, wasn't right, right? But then he says, I was afraid. Can I just say, fear and intimidation will try and stop you using the gift that God has given you, okay? If I didn't push the boundaries of my fears and limitations, I promise you I would not be standing here. I'm, some, I'm someone who, who struggled with public speaking for years and years after an event that happened when I was 12 years old, right? And it's interesting because um, when I did start speaking, like, the anxiety would be massive. Like, I'd be so worried and nervous. And, um, and I thought, Lord, the enemy keeps reminding me of that event, that stage fright event. And, uh, and, and you know what he said to me? He says, that's not, that's not the enemy, reminding you that's me he says because I want to know I want you to know how bad you would be if it wasn't for my grace right so whatever your calling is whatever your gifting is pursue it find out what it is because God will grace that okay he will empower you to walk it out right and hey, in this church, we're going to cheer you on. We, we will make space for that, right? The response from the master to, to that servant was, you wicked and lazy servant. May we never hear those words, right? May we never hear them. Because I believe that Jesus wants us to be individuals who rise up in his kingdom. He's equipped us. He's given us an identity. He's given us his authority. And he's given us the power to walk it out. Right? And he he wants us to operate from a kingdom that cannot be shaken. All right? Right? 
we've got a vision of, the, of this church, for, for, for this church, and Pastor Jan shared a bit about that um, in his six hours. And um, and we believe that we want this place to be a place where every individual experiences it as a place of refuge, relationship, restoration, resurrection, renewal, and release. Right? I think those are quite achievable, don't you? But it's not something we can all do on our own. We need everybody's gifting to come to the fore, right? For people to rise up and to take a step with God and say, hey, Lord, where can you use me in this space? For some of you, that, that, that will be in Hope Community. For some of you, that will be out in the world, in your workplace. But I want to challenge you, take on that, that invitation. Because it's ama- it, it will be amazing what God can do with your gifting. And I'll tell you why. Romans 8 verse 19, it says, For creation waits with eager anticipation for the manifestations of the sons of God. Right? It's Romans 8, 19. Who are the sons of God? Verse 14 says, Those who walk by the Spirit of God are sons of God. We have to be close to Jesus. We have to be close to the Holy Spirit. And we have to carry the kingdom within us to where he wants us to go. Right? But I just want to mention this. And the Lord, and the Lord said, I must, I must share this. The measure of the value you place on the treasure God has given will determine the level of our response to his call. How valuable is that salvation? How valuable is that gift that God has given us? Because how we view that will determine how we step out into it. Right? So to every individual, I want to bless you with this scripture. Obadiah verse 21. And if you're asking what chapter, then maybe you need to spend a bit more time in your word, right? Because it's only got one chapter. Um, It says, Then saviors shall come to Mount Zion to judge the mountains of Esau, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. Does it say saviour or saviours? Single or plural? Plural, right? So it's not talking about Jesus here. Let me leave you with this. When you walk in your gift, you can be someone's saviour in their given situation. Right? God wants to ignite your gifting within you so that you can rise up because there's a world out there waiting for you to walk in your gifting. Right? For us as a community, I bless you with Deuteronomy 30 verse 16. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him and to keep His commands, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you're entering to possess. Let's pray. 
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your empowerment and our identity and your calling in our lives, Lord, the giftings that you've placed in each and every one of us, Lord. Help us, equip us, and strengthen us to walk in that. But perhaps this morning, you've, you've sat there listening and you feel like you're on the outside looking in. I want you to know there's an invitation from God this morning to enter in, to get to know Him, to get to know who you are and why He's placed you in this generation. The Bible says David fulfilled his calling in his generation. God wants you to fulfill your purpose in this generation. All right. We would love to pray with you if, if, if that is you and our prayer team will be up front at the end. But I just want to also just pray for those who up until this point, maybe you've been sitting on that gifting. Maybe you don't know what, the, what your gifting is. I just want to pray over that. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you that everybody in this place is gifted. Lord, your desire for people to minister their gifts one to another. Holy Spirit, those little embers that are in there, I pray that you bring your wind of anointing and fanning to flame those embers, that they burn with passion with individuals, that they can't help but pursue that calling, Father. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you just touch your people this morning. Let strength rise up. We cast out fear and intimidation in the name of Jesus that will not hold us back. Not every an individual in this church will be held back by that. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness to us. And we honour you this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, church. It's been a privilege. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message. And remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.